Kenton Smith, thank you so much for joining me again, man. How's it been? It's been good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you bet. You bet. You know, we were looking at the first episode and it was April 1st, 2022, I think. And so right around a year, depending on when this comes out, um, you know, once a year, uh, one might argue that's not enough Stanton. Some might say it's too much. I don't know. We'll let the audience decide, I guess. But now, no, in all seriousness, man, we're, we're happy to have you. Um, for those that maybe didn't hear the last episode or um, don't really know about you or, or what you do here at InfluCX, could you describe, you know, sort of your title and role and, and what you do to help customers uh, for us? Sure thing. So I am vice president of our CX technology consulting group. What that entails is essentially identifying customer stakeholders, identifying the requirements, documenting those, making sure that we've got a thorough discovery of what not only the current state is, the desired future state though, and how we can build the bridge to cover that gap. What is new in the market that could meet your needs? What can bring about greater efficiencies, timelines, implementations, ROI evaluations? <clears throat> so it really runs the gamut within the group here of what we need to effectively select a technology and get that into place. Oh, awesome. Good. Good stuff, man. I know one of the things that you guys focus on big is is kind of, you know, objective data decisions. But even within that, there's a part of the process that you take with customers. It's all around, you know, scorecarding, which is big in the evaluation, I know. And I won't steal too much of your thunder here, but you know, one one kind of question that I find a lot of customers and organizations have when they're thinking about new technology for their contact center is, you know, how do we how do we actually make this decision around data versus just, you know, emotion or, or a good salesperson or, or something, you know, it's really interesting when you look at the market, there are like hundreds and hundreds of different technology companies out there. And even if you just look at core CCAS providers, there's dozens and dozens. So if you're not, you know, current or up to date on the ins and who's who of, of sort of the industry, it's really easy to get lost because it's just a very messy and complex space. And so um, I know that was a little long-winded, but you know, Stanton, how do you guys help ensure that a contact center evaluation is a decision made around data versus, you know, not data or something else, subjectivity, I'll call it. Yeah, no, that, that's a great question, Austin. Thank you. So throughout this process, there are so many different players in this space, as you mentioned, and they all have very similar offerings, but some go about it in a different way. And what's important to know is not only who does it the best way, but that's, that's very subjective. It's who does it the best way for your business needs. So part of our process as, as we're going through the discovery phase with a client, we uncover the key drivers of their business and we create a scorecard that speaks to those core areas. And you know, remember the, the purpose of a scorecard isn't to make a, a comprehensive checklist of features or functionalities in a platform, but rather to determine which of several good options is the best one based on what the business most needs from the contact center. So bearing that in mind, it's important to have a scorecard that, that isn't too light, but you don't want to have so many items listed that a positive score in 20 trivial items can outweigh a poor score in a critical item. So as we build scorecards with the client, we agree on the criteria and, and weightings of those items before any demos are shown. That way we're all on the same page. As we see the vendor demos, the key st stakeholders on the customer side either 
individually or by group within the business, depending on the size and complexity of the customer, will fill out a, a scorecard that we've created for that vendor. And based on that, we, we aggregate the responses. We look at what the data tells us. We highlight any outliers, both positive and negative, so that all angles, angles are looked at. You know, perhaps somebody saw something that the others didn't, or mm -hmm. maybe somebody heard something very differently than what came across to everyone else. We use those aggregated scorecards to spark discussion among the stakeholders, and that allows us to use data-driven examples from the demos to know which vendors should move forward in the process, which should come back to highlight a certain part of their technology that perhaps needs greater depth and detail on it. And this is really a straightforward approach. You know, Sometimes the vendor who you thought had the most boring demo actually has the best tech or, or vice versa. You know, the, yeah. the goal obviously is that all demos are great every time, but we know that doesn't always happen. And the business sure. needs to make a decision based on getting the right technology, not who has the best showman. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's great. And, and I like what you said there too, and expand on it. Um, if, if you would in that, you know, the scorecard is, is really different for every unique business because the requirements are different. And um, if you could just spend a minute or two, maybe on drilling down the drilling down on the sort of, um, you know, roadmap and how we build that scorecard for different organizations, like what's the process to get all that information uh, into the scorecard? Yeah. So as we, and the consulting group, dive into these deep discussions around various aspects of the contact center with the business, we pull out those things that are most key and important and put those in the scorecard. So for example, you know, perhaps one customer has a lot of heavy outbound dialing. You know, they're, they're an outbound sales contact center versus another might be primarily customer service and inbound. Some want to find an all-in-one solution from a contact center vendor that can cover all the rounds for you know their their analytics, their quality, their workforce management. Others prefer to look at those CX ecosystem technologies siloed to, to say, all right, we're going to pick somebody for the contact center. We're going to find somebody else for RUC, somebody else for WFM, somebody else for automation, analytics. And so depending on what that vendor profile is like, what the overall solution profile is like, we can build a scorecard for each piece of it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's great. The other thing that I, I, I think comes up a lot of times with customers, especially for those that you know haven't procured or been through a process where an organization is procuring cloud contact center technology is, is timeline, right? Um, you know, some people may think they need to do this, you know, five years before they're ready to make a decision. Some people may need to think the evaluation starts, you know, five days before decision, um, in your, you know, in, in your experience, how do you help someone, you know, kind of go through this procurement process, maybe that might be foreign to them and, and to their organization to make sure that they've got ample time to, to make the right decision. Yeah. So we look primarily at what are the main business drivers, you know, perhaps they are on a platform right now and they're, X months out from the renewal date of that contract. And, and so they know they have a time-bound decision that they need to make. Mm -hmm. Others are on a technology that is in place. It's, it's just kind of sitting there riding, doing its thing, but they know that they do need to make a transition to the cloud and take advantage of the technology that's available to them. So we, we like to start with 
when is the desired go live date on the new platform? And we'll work backwards from there. Now with each customer, that timeline is dependent on what their needs are. You know, last year I was involved in an engagement and they had 12 weeks from when we first spoke with them to needing to be live on a new platform. We were able to walk through our process with them. They selected a vendor, executed the contract, worked with the implementation team, both on the vendor side and Inflow's implementation team, and got a solution up and running within 12 weeks. Other times, you know, it's, it's a multi-year process. Again, it, it depends on the complexity of the environment, not necessarily how many agents or contact center seats somebody has. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know because I think a lot of times too, when we talk with enterprise customers, especially if they're trying to make a transition like this, um, although they may have a lot of agents, their environment isn't isn't very complicated, right? And so um, there's kind of this, um, you know, preconceived notion that oh, we're so large, this project's going to take you know years to even make a decision, and it's good to know that that doesn't necessarily always have to be the case, as long as you know, you've got the data. And again, you're working back from that end date. Um, you know, one of the things that we're, you know, um, seeing not necessarily a lot, but, um, you know, seeing now in the market, especially with, you know, the, the you know, quote unquote times we're in right now from an economic standpoint is I'm seeing finance teams, you know, getting a lot more involved in opportunities and rightfully so, uh, they want to make sure that, any purchase, especially when it comes to software, isn't just going to become shelfware, right? Something that we have a big, um, you know, expenditure around and something that, you know, end up, ends up just not being utilized or not utilized to the full ability of the system. So can you talk a little bit about how we help organizations, you know, uh, arm them with the data to take back to their finance team to prove out that, hey, look, here's really the full you know, total cost of ownership or, you know, uh, return on our investment that we're going to get from a solution like this. Yeah. As you mentioned, money is expensive now uh, with, with <laughs> rising interest rates, with increased inflation. It's very important that money is allocated into the right projects that are going to help give the business what it needs. Um, at the end of the day, we do a lot of ROI analyses for customers mm -hmm. to help prove out that business and financial case. Now, the, the financial case is only as good as the data that we have. You know, it's it's important that we have accurate data around the call center. That that doesn't necessarily mean that we need vast amounts of data. It it depends on the customer's use case. You know, like like I mentioned, some contact centers that are very heavily outbound, we can focus on one metric, such as increasing their outbound contact rate uh, yeah. through the use of, of a better dialer technology. For other customers, it's about their average handle time and how many agents they need to field the calls that are coming in. Mm -hmm. other, cus other customers look at a, a whole array of areas and find very small tweaks to make within each of those in order to come up with the business case. I like to be as conservative as possible in our estimates. And I, I may have mentioned this to you the last time we spoke, but there was an opportunity that we were working very heavy outbound in their contact center. All of the key executives thought that by implementing this new dialer technology, they'd be able to increase their customer contact rate by 5%. 
Now we put the numbers into the model. It proved out a, a very, very favorable ROI. And we scaled that back to find where the breakeven point would be. And by realizing simply one quarter of 1% of an increase in their contact rate based on their close rate on contact, based on their average sales value, that one quarter of 1% proved out the business case and they got approval on that. They ended up getting closer to the 5% and it worked out very well for them. But I like to be as conservative as possible in a financial model. Yeah, so all yeah, that to say that, oh, sorry, go ahead. So Stanton, you know, you talked about average handle time. You talked about, um, you know, the outbound dollar story, which I think is a really great one. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I see organizations looking at a new technology purchase like this and saying, all right, here's what I'm spending today. Here's what I'm going to be spending on the new um, platform. And it's going to cost a lot more, right? And so naturally, that's where finance teams come in and say, well, let's pump the brakes, see what happens with the market, and maybe we'll look at this again next year. But when we can flip that a little bit and really talk about some of the major efficiencies that could be gained for a solution and, and really look more of like, hey, look, here's what you're actually going to get from this. Sure, it's going to cost more, but here's how much more efficient you're going to be. Um, it can be impactful. If I'm a contact center leader out there and I'm, and I'm trying to think you know, strategically about maybe what are some, some things that I could look for to help show that, hey, while this might be more than we're spending now, um, we're going to have a better you know, overall situation for it. Are there any key stats or metrics that you find are common among all contact centers? Is it different on a case-by-case -case basis? Could you uh, help us understand that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So while there are elements that are unique to each contact center, there are many on, on this side of things that overlap in a lot of ways. And it's a good call out that if, if we're only looking at cost today versus cost tomorrow, then there are benefits that, that we're leaving on the table that we're not pulling into the picture. You know, of course, it's critical to understand which costs will go away and, and which new costs will be incurred. But to your point, there, there are a lot of other components that come into uncovering that ROI. So we'll look at things like call deflection or adding lower cost channels like chat, email, SMS uh, that, that are less cost per interaction than a traditional voice call. We look at things like front-end automation where customers can self-service for things like password resets or asking for order status, things like that. Uh, Back-end automation like agent assist so that while an agent is on the phone with a customer, the platform in real time can give them feedback and coach them as to what kinds of things they should say in order to help the customer be satisfied. Yeah. Uh, in that same vein, we can look at increased customer satisfaction scores. You know, those come into play and increase customer retention. So the total lifetime value of a customer increases by increasing their satisfaction scores. Um, like I talked about close rate on contact through having those coachings. Um, and, and we looked at cost reductions, lower agent training time so that newly hired agents can get up to speed faster. We look at reduced agent churn rates because they have the tools that they need. They have an intuitive UI that they're working in and they stick around longer. Mm. And there are times where a company might want to consider using a BPO for a particular area of their business or for seasonal peaks, and they can extend their cloud contact center licenses to the BPO so that they can still retain all the same tools, functionality, and reporting that they would by using their own agents. Wow. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I think it's really important um, to talk about because so often, especially if someone's looking at something like this for the first time, you do just see that number, whatever it is, and you go, ah, well, that's more, sometimes significantly more than we're paying right now. There's just no way this is going to you know, happen or be realistic. And so um, I really like the idea of stepping back and looking at the entire picture before making that decision. Um, kind of, you know, switching gears a little bit, or, or we've talked a lot about, I should say, about sort of what happens up to the point of saying, hey, this is the new you know technology provider we're going with. Here is um, you know the reason why we're going with it, and we've got the data to make that decision. I want to touch on a little bit because I know this touches your org. Um, what happens after that, right? So often, you know, we find um, customers or maybe people who aren't even our customers, but you know, could be um, where they talk about, look, we made this investment in this technology, and for whatever reason, it's not doing the things we thought it was going to do, right? Or um, going back to, I talked about shelfware a little bit earlier. We bought this thing and it's just it's just sitting there. We know we're not getting the most out of it. Um, is there anything that you, you know, have found success in or that your team has found success in that has to happen after you decide on procuring the technology to make sure that your organization realizes, you know, the success of your contact center investment? Yeah, there's there's got to be full alignment from all the key stakeholders on the customer side as to what the goals are so that we work towards those. That timeline that we talked about, you know, we, we can identify when somebody wants to go live, but we also include in that timeline what it looks like beyond that. What, what are the next 30, 60, 90, six months, one year, two years? What does the timeline look beyond that and what things need to happen from which stakeholders within the company to ensure the project is successful? From the inflow side, we assign resources who are there throughout the implementation and even post go live uh, to ensure that it is functioning the way that it's supposed to be, to be an advocate uh, with the selected technology provider. We also, as you know, provide managed service offerings for customers that we can fully manage and, and admin their platform for them if they'd like. I know you've had John Glantz on the podcast before, and a lot of what he does is around that transformational strategy. You know, the way that that he's used an analogy before is that, you know, my group, we're like the real estate agent who who helps you find the right house on the right piece of property that that fits your needs. The implementation team is like the moving truck, and John is your interior designer to make sure that everything is set up and flows properly the way that you need it to be. And by being able to leverage all of those different parts of our organization, it leads to a very successful outcome on the customer side. Yeah, yeah, and I and I love that analogy usually, but I'm in the process of buying a house right now, and so it's 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 given me some it gets given me some angst. But no, it is really a great one, and I think it's a really great way to think about it, right? Because uh, depending on the kind of house you live in, <laughs> a contact center investment can can very easily be, you know, it's one of the biggest purchases your business can ever make is I guess the connection I'm trying to make here, right? And so making the right one is so critical and so important. Just like you don't want to be, uh, you know, making the wrong decision on uh, a house, you want to have a great realtor, you want you need to have a great interior designer, you need to have great mortgage brokers, you need to have all these great things that go into it. Same thing with a contact center, it really is a, you know, decision that has to be made by committee. And with you know the full support and breadth of your organization, um, and again, make the decision that's right for you, 
not the decision that, uh, and by you, I mean your organization, not the decision that, you know, one person with some sort of agenda is telling you is right, is the right one for your business. hundred percent. And, and that's a big part of the value that we bring to the table at Inflow is that we have expertise in so many of these different areas. We can bring that to the table. We can work with customers to help them find the contact center solution that is the right fit for them. You know, it, it's of course, critical to have a good product or service that you're offering to your customers. But if they don't have a way to have positive, meaningful interactions with you, it defeats the purpose of you being in business. Everyone contacts you through the contact center. And it's so important to have the right tools and portals in place there so that when they're looking for support, when they're looking to make purchases, that it's the type of experience that leaves them wanting more, wanting to come back to you versus wanting to look elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's absolutely, that's absolutely correct. Right. Um, the other thing I think you said that was so spot on and I'd be remiss if I didn't at least touch on it is that, you know, we've got these different areas of expertise, um, and deep expertise in a number of different areas around this contact center. Right. And you, you know, leverage an organization like us, right. Because you can't be the expert in all of this stuff. Plus, do your full-time job, whatever that is, whether that's running a contact center, whether that's being in charge of, you know, the IT strategy at an organization, whether that's, you know, anything else. Um, you can't know all of this stuff very deeply, but it's very likely that it's critical to the long-term success and making the right decisions. So, you know, find someone that's an expert in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and, you know, be honest with them, communicate with them, be transparent with them. But, and most importantly, empower them to to help you make the right decision. Because again, it's a big one. Like you just said, um, anytime your customers are interacting with you or getting impression on your brand, that's through the contact center. And if that experience is not subpar or could be improved, um, it's going to leave you wanting more. That's not what you want. You want the customer to be, to be doing that. <laughs> right. Excellent. And and we come in, you know, that, that's where we do the heavy lifting. We get into the trenches, do the grunt work provide the customer with the data, the output so that they can make an informed decision. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Stan, really excellent uh, chat again this time, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, next time, maybe we won't wait a, a whole nother year to bring you back. This is a great session. Sounds good. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, you bet. See ya.